It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. Come on, Hello and welcome to episode 59, season 9 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Uh, probably is the last proper podcast we do of this season 59 episodes ain't bad good it's not bad we've got joint on the light what what uh just let this season end Let's just get on with it go on carry on you're is this what you're going to be like for this podcast is like oh well i don't like Mourinho because it's football's boring it's pathetic how you, 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 you for one minute and then love him the next oh yeah <laughs> fucking pathetic get on with it <laughs> got, we've got ricky on the line as well what's happening how's it going yeah all good all good <laughs> Uh, the football has been boring, and, and so boring the fact that I started writing the run order, and I got so bored writing, writing the run order. I thought I just want to speak to my mates. 
Do you know what? Even so, even if it was exciting football, you would start writing that running order and go fuck that. That's true. Yeah, because because that T's jobs it has been over over the years. Not not that I've sort of like asked him to do it. He's just sort of taken up the mantle like a good friend, taking up uh, a piece of work that needs to be done, and uh, and run with it. And and part of the reason why we've done such quality podcasting over the last couple of years is because of uh, a Mister. I don't want to say his full name. <laughs> <really short. laughs> I can, I I can sense it then. Yeah. <laughs> I might just say it. <laughs> um, the season is over, and I guess the best place to start is about, I don't know, six, seven months ago when uh, we lost Pochettino in a tragic car accident. No, we, we lost it. We lost him uh, because uh, the football wasn't good enough and we were all a little bit scared about what was going to happen in the season. And we've come, uh, you know, what it is, if you, if you include the coronavirus seven or eight months later, and we've uh, we've qualified for the Europa League, which is, you know, it shows how far Tottenham have come when um, qualifying for the Europa League is a bit of a disappointment. But is it a disappointment now? Uh, well, no. I mean, you can't you can't call it a disappointment in in the scenario that we're in. I mean, I'd rather. I'm in two minds, really. Part of me's if I, part of me just wanted to finish eighth and be like, right, well, let's have a, a just a season of Premier League because it's so difficult to get excited about the Europa League uh, until the latter stages. I think T said it the other week that you know that competition is barely relevant until you get into you know quarterfinals. Um, but then, and as much as I hate him, if we're going to have a go at it, that trophy, he's probably the manager to do it with. So um, he's, he's he's never not won it when when he's in it. He's been in it twice and won it twice. Which you know, you might argue, you know, oh, you've only been in it twice, but we've been in it loads, and we've been all, in all loads of competitions all the time, and never won bugger all. Like, well, we've been in the. I've done loads of things twice the first time, and then never done it again. <laughs> yeah, but not as difficult as <laughs> as winning a, a major European competition. Well, I'll say you, but you know. <laughs> All right, given your limitations physically, I can understand why you're you're heralding that. Um, <laughs> sorry, how's your hernia and your ankle? <laughs> it's back again. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not Jose Mourinho in footballing terms. I'm I'm um I'm uh, I'm just a pleb who follows a football club who has a podcast. But it, you know. It, it, the fact that he's been in the competition twice and won it twice would lead you to perhaps understanding why he was so happy on the final whistle. Because, like he, the, the 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 coaching staff celebrated, didn't they? They they celebrated together, and the, the players didn't. The players were just like, "It's just another game." But Mourinho was celebrating like we've won it already, and perhaps, perhaps we have. Perhaps we've won it. <laughs> We've won the Europa League next year <laughs> already because it was like Mourinho knew. It's like Mourinho. Mourinho figures like, oh fuck, we've won the we've won the Europa League. Let's celebrate now. Rick, uh, what, did, what did you make? Go on, go on, go on now. Go on, no, no, Al, go on, go on. I was gonna say, do you know the last time I reckon I related to that uh, reaction because the last time I celebrated something thinking that meant we'd won it was when we drew Portsmouth in the semi final of the FA Cup. I celebrated that draw <laughs> like we lifted that trophy. Uh, yeah, but we we had Harry Redknapp in charge then. Not, not yeah, but I'm just not, saying, you know, it comes back to bite you. Go on, Rick. <laughs> you, no, no, wait. You got you got to stop comparing your life instances to Jose Mourinho's. <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like it too. It's good. It's funny. <laughs> go on, Rick. Go on. Well, 
<clears throat> yeah, no, I think but, well, uh, apart from the uh, the probably the the more um, financial side of things, qualifying for Europe, they get a bit more quid in their pocket. But again, uh, I think it was uh, we we had to get Europe, and I think for 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 the team and the management and the club to get European football. Although it's not Champions League, it's still going to be extra money, extra revenue. We're going to be able to attract uh, that that better caliber of player from not being in the Europa League. We're going to be able to blood youngsters in the Europa League. Uh, there's 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 loads of positives, and I think just by clinching it, that's why that they had such a, a great reaction to it. And I think it is one of those attainable things where you think he has been in the competition twice. I think he knows, he, he, well, he thinks he sussed it. Um, he'll, we'll have a good go. Um, and I, I, you know, I would love to win it. I would bloody love to win it. Well, we haven't won anything in years. Like, like if you take away the league cups, you haven't won a major trophy since 1991. Oh, that's disgusting. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Right now. Yeah. You'd take Europa league. 100%. Given the fact that it means, you know, champions league qualification, you would you would take it, but I guess I guess the question is, and we did we did we got a few few people uh, who asked this question. Spurs review said, should uh, Mourinho celebrate like he has won something when he finds out about Europa Europa football? Um, it, it, what was his reaction on full time excessive? Do you think? Al? Like jokes aside, that just felt no. sense. No, I thought I think um, it's fine. I think when you come into any job, you obviously set yourself a target. Um, and I and you know I would assume that the target would have been top six at the bare minimum, um, and then when after the Sheffield United result and then the Bournemouth result, you're probably looking at that thinking, you know, this is this is going to be tough. We've we've had a little bit of luck with with Wolves falling away, Sheffield United having a terrible um, time at the just after the restart. Well, until they played, well, they did they they did beat us yeah, three 0 well, and Chelsea three 0 Yeah. But that was, like I said, we Dr. Tottenham fixed that. So, um, yeah, I, I know. I thought it was fine. All right. It was, you know, it's it's a team. You know, they, they don't live in the Twitter sphere. Do you know what I mean? They live in a, in a world that is has their targets and what they wanted to achieve by the end of the season. And it came down to the last game and they got it. You know, good luck to them. What's wrong with, what's wrong with our managers and their staff being happy <laughs> at, at doing good? What's wrong? Like I know a lot of people have come out and said, "Oh, it's small time." You know, we shouldn't be celebrating this now. But what's wrong with, like you say, Alex, that they probably set themselves targets at, at the start when they took over Spurs when we were 14th was to finish top six, which none of us would have dreamed of at the time. What's wrong with them celebrating their achievements and and, and rewarding each other for something that they thought was prop? Well, I, I think I'd imagine they thought would. Would probably been beyond us when they looked at the challenges that challenges that that they had within the squad. What's wrong with them celebrating a little bit? Like, be, uh, uh, like if 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 Harry Kane and Deli Ali hadn't hadn't come on and 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 Jan Vertonghen ran off ran off the bench and they were jumping around on the floor celebrating, crying their eyes out because we got to the Europa League. That that might have been an issue, or it might have been something worth talking about. But the fact that the coaching staff. They had a plan amongst them to achieve something, and and then they achieved it because Champions League was always going to be with, beyond our reach. Then, and, and not 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 least, and I'm sure this didn't come into their, you know, their uh, their thinking when when they were celebrating. But not least, you know, finishing above Arsenal convincingly in the end. 
I don't, I don't get what's wrong with it, really. I, I haven't seen... Um, <clears throat> admittedly, I haven't been uh, trawling through uh, Twitter or watching Sky Sports or anything like that, but I, I haven't really seen a lot of uh, negative reaction to how they celebrated. No, normally. Okay, so, but, but if, if you think from their perspective... There has, there has been some, there has been some. Um, but if you think from their perspective that they're... Given, given what's happened this season they're happy to achieve what they have done and they believe in their process, whether whether that means playing boring football and getting results, whatever it is, they believe in their process and they go into the next season full of positivity, knowing that their system works or what, they, what they've had to do thus far in order to get to the next stage as has happened, has worked, then I, I feel better about my football club knowing that the coaching staff and the manager is celebrating the work of the people that he has under his charge. I think that's a, a positive thing. If it, I, I can't see any negative aspect in it at all, other than the fact that it gives ammunition for, you know, if Arsenal finished above the above us and in, in the Champions League and they look down at us celebrating Europa League. But the fact is they've, they've got fuck all, really. They've got a, a, a domestic calendar to look forward to and nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, I mean... Um, or, or Rick, go on. Yeah, like, yeah... Again, I'll, I'll just reiterate what Al said. If they if they had uh, if they had targets, and the thing is, why wouldn't like if if you set yourself your target, and obviously uh, winning the Premier League and Champions League is well, well out of our grasp anyway. So you set your target, and it's going to be a tight one. Um, why not celebrate it? Why not celebrate the small victories in life? Like we can all be like, oh yeah. Like every season, because we don't win a trophy, right? Okay, so we're not allowed to enjoy ourselves or think that we've had a good season or something. Fuck them. Fuck like fuck anyone else that says that it was over celebrating anything like that. I'm well pleased. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What what did you make of the game? Because it was um, it was it was back to the kind of the the, the system, the, the the kind of make it difficult for them to play against us. Um, you know, we were playing Palace, who you, you would expect on any other season or any other day for us to beat handedly, although that hasn't always been the case. But what, what Alex, you've, you've had some exceptions for, about the way we've been playing, as have I. What, what, what did you make of the performance overall? Was it, was it a case of uh, Mourinho knowing what was going on at uh, Stamford Bridge with Wolves and then being beaten 2 0? And it was just ensuring that we weren't going to lose that game? Or should he have been more expansive and expressive? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it def- there definitely was a case of the fact of him knowing what was going on. I mean, Harry Kane even said in his interview afterwards that, you know, quite early into the second half, you know, at halftime, coming into the second half, they, you know, they knew what the score was at um, at Stamford Bridge and, you know, there was there was a, a game plan because of that. Um, it's so weird, right? Because... Like after what minute did we score? Like this tenth minute, something like that, right? Um, yeah. Part of me was like, yes, get in there. And another another part of me was like, I might as well just sit down now. Then for eighty minutes, because I know what's coming. Um, and it was just a, just like we do know. The, the plan is hopefully to score early and then make them invite them on, soak up that pressure, pick off mistakes and break and, and score, which at times can be exciting because the Leicester game was, you know, had had moments. But yeah, it was it's it's weird because obviously I want us to score and I want us to score as early as possible. <laughs> but then afterwards, I'm just like, oh, right, I'll make a cup of tea. 
Uh, and that upsets me a little bit. But like I said, you have to accept it. I'm very much in the same boat as Windy at the minute. It's not something I enjoy. I feel nothing about it. Uh, but other people will enjoy it and enjoy us winning. And I enjoy us winning. And I'll have to make peace of it. Good luck to him. All right. So is there someone in your background playing a game of pinball? That's not me. No, that's me. It's my. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm, sit, I'm sitting in my in my office. And we've got the family hamster, and it just won't shut the fuck up. Strike! Oh. Strike! Stop it! Stop it! You've got a hamster Stop in your it. room. Why is the hamster in your office, Rick? Because it's just there's nowhere else for it to go. Stripes! We're recording a podcast. <laughs> fuck off! Why is he called Stripes? Because he's got a, he's got a stripe down him. <laughs> Why don't you just pick his little, uh, I tiny little... I've had, I've had enough now. I've had enough. Yeah, go go and put it in the hallway. Right. Uh, but do you know what, right? We, um, we actually had more possession in this game. So... Than... Than than Palace. We had 52, we, is that 52% possession, yeah. Yes, yeah, slightly, yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's, so I, th- I thought the game was a harm, and it was, it was a... It was very poor quality second half from both teams, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and it kind of was what it was, but it was just about getting job done. And that's what I hope. I hope this season has just been about getting the job done. And yeah. I don't expect there to be a huge amount of expanse next year. I would, I, I am hoping and I am expecting there to be more, a, a bit more of a swagger that might come with a little bit of, of with the players having confidence in, in knowing what they're going to do against the bigger teams and knowing against what they're going to do against uh, the teams that, that back off and put, you know, 11 men behind the ball as confidence comes in what he's asking them to do, then hopefully a little bit more swagger will come. Of course that would depend sure. on who we sign. And of course, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to be helpful about it because I can't not enjoy I, you just I need to feel something. Uh, of course. Yeah. And, Look, and, and don't get me wrong, Alex. I understand it. I understand. I mean, it's, you're, you're, you're you can't just sort of blindly follow every result. Like I, I, I know that I, you know, I've been very reactionary over the last sort of couple of months, or since the return of uh, of football. And it's it's difficult not to be because you're just you're just hoping that things are going are going to go well after Pochettino, and I mean the football was terrible. But it, 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 it's you have to you have to find some way to reconcile. The fact that you're, you're you're watching football, you don't enjoy it, but the results are coming, and 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 the best thing to do, and there's nothing wrong with 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 saying, you know, all right, the football isn't where I want it to be. I hope it gets better next season, but right now we just have to focus where we are. And the fact is that we, we're getting points on the board, but you know, it it it, it hasn't it hasn't been incredible, and and perhaps this is the way we're gonna go on and. Um, and win trophies, or, or or maybe not. The problem is, I think how you're you're going to be able to understand this is 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 if if things ain't going well early on next year, think it, it will turn the mood will turn quite quickly. And I'm not just talking about Twitter because Twitter's irrelevant. It's not rece- it's not representative of 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 our fan base. It's not representative of the wider nation. But just insular in an insular sense, if things aren't going well it's 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 so easy to become defeatist in your own mind when you're watching it yeah i think there's two things on that right the, the first thing has has been is that fans not being in the stadium has benefited him because i don't care what anyone says about 
about saying, oh, well, you know, I don't care as long as we're winning, blah, blah, blah. That, that, that isn't what is what happens in the stadium, regardless of what people say, regardless of whether I say it, regardless of, of, of whatever people feel at that time. When you were in that stadium and 60 minutes have gone, it happened under put and, and it's still nil-nil against a team we should be beating. Uh, and uh, it happened under Pochettino when we were playing nice football and it wasn't happening. Uh, and it would, it would, the mood would still turn. Even in peak mm. days, the mood would still turn in there sometimes. Uh, and if you think that's not going to happen when, when we're not playing expansive football, then you know I think people have got a surprise coming. But if we start scoring early, like like the plan is obviously to do, particularly at home, uh, and then do what we do, that might buy them some time. But it would have been interesting to see the reaction to that type of football during that time. But then also, as you said, I think you know games against Palace and and the games against Leicester and stuff. If if you don't get the results and play like that, then it's very it's gonna it's gonna turn very quickly, and then we'll see what the real mood is of 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 the match going fans every week. Well, l- luckily, but, but, there, there, turns, but even with me, I, I, it now if if this is what we're gonna do, and it's obvious that we're gonna stick with him, uh, and and this is they have a plan moving forward, it's particularly post Corona, there will be budgets in place and a plan in place, which I'm hoping they've all been involved in. It's daft now to not give him, you know, a certain amount of time. So you know, I'll be well, behind. Luck- but hey, Luckily, yeah. there'll be no fans in any stadium for another year at least. You uh, reckon? Reports. Well, that's that's what we've. What's that's what's that's what's being mooted. What I do. what I what I don't understand is like obviously uh, Spurs are doing uh, season ticket renewals, and they must have an inkling or have been told of to course. start uh, to start doing this because we're going to start getting people back in the stadiums and. This is the plan and stuff like that because I can't imagine we would have gone out and d- did the whole season ticket thing only You've for. Got... Yeah, sorry. Rick. Well, it happened. It's, it happened two years ago with the new stadium. Yeah, but that was different. And uh, next, you've got government briefings already going on for things like boxing and stuff at the minute about whether. I mean, it's big. It's obviously much different numbers, but we're talking. Where it's already it's it's open discussions about in terms of staggering and slowly building up crowd numbers if everything stays relatively the same. That's without it won't, vaccinations. Won't know, will it? Because look what's happening in Spain right now. There's another uh, second wave already. Well, yeah, but again, Spain is still rel- relatively localized, uh, and but other countries have decided in terms of travel have said that they don't want to take that risk. Which is I hear what you're saying, Alex. I hear what you're saying. You, you're saying I don't believe in the coronavirus. It's a five G conspiracy. Think, and get every. I think if we're going to play that game, we might dig up some messages in our WhatsApp group, shall we, from when this all started from a certain person. Who <laughs> something about the flu? I mean, like, t- like technically, if you look at the figures, it's not worse than the that's flu. Not- oh, look, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it probably is now, isn't it? It's really fucking much worse than the flu generally. <laughs> I, I saw that- there's a million, a million cases in the last day in, across the world. I don't, I don't care. What my point was was uh, it'll be when when crowds are back in, it'll be interesting to see how we adapted, how fans adapt to that football. But and particularly if we're still winning, I'm genuinely interested to see what that will be. Okay, like. just just for the record, Alex cares about the reaction that the football will have with a crowd, but doesn't care about the million new cases. Yes, spot on. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Um, we're going to come on for Tong- uh, come on to to Vatonga and whether or not you should play. But we've also we, uh, we we sent out a tweet asking for people's thoughts about. Vertonghen over the last eight years that you spent at the football club and we've got some lovely tweets in so we're going to read some of them out and discuss them but before we do that uh, we've got a question from Bashi 
1986. And he says, how, sh- how much should the club pay another club to get Sissoko out? So how have we come full circle now that everyone hates Sissoko again? And for the record, I, well, I do think that he isn't the answer <laughs> anymore. Whereas pre- previously I did. Rick, Rick, are, are you ready for Sissoko to go in the summer? Should we try and sell him? Or, you know, given the fact that he's, he's only a year into his new contract, do we... Do we keep him on? Is, is he a good squad player? What, what do you think of Sissoko, Crown? Uh, I think he's a good uh, squad player. Um, I think he's like 30 now, so I, I don't know how much money we would get for him and who's going to come in uh, for him. And If someone give you 30 mil, would you sell him? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> God, yeah. Oh, mate, 30 mil. Christ. Uh, yeah, I would. Um, oh, I yeah. just... I, I don't think... Um, like, with the... Uh, Sissoko and Winks um, duo there. I just don't. Uh, I, I'm not feeling it. And I think no, one, I, I think one of them's got to go. And if it's one of them, it's got to be Sissoko because Winks can actually play a bit of football. Um, and I think he he can. Uh, he's just got a bit more about him. Uh, Sissoko against uh, Palace. It was just. <laughs> I thought it was terrible to be honest. Um, a lot of wayward balls and stuff like that. I just, I never thought he was the answer, but um, to see his kind of, uh, to see him come back from a lot of negativity um, and, you know, players can easily go into themselves and just, and just completely fuck it off. But uh, he did come back and he was an important player for us. Um, and, and, you know, he always gives it his all. And But I think if we want to move back to, uh, the top four rankings, having him um, as a kind of uh, one of the first names on the team sheet in that position. Well, say it, say it d- double pivot. Well, well, I was I was going to say it, but someone someone on this uh, podcast hates that word because it's because cho- that's why because he's an imbecile. I've I've chosen not to say it to appease Alex. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think we all agree, though. Al, I think you'd, you'd agree that um, that that any 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 kind of midfield that involves two players, that perhaps Sissoko isn't the one. He keeps getting preferred, and you know the the managers know they know better than us, I, I guess. But you know, Wink Sissoko and Don Belly Sissoko or La Celso Sissoko, it, it feels like we're missing an actual player that's suited to that role. Do you think? Uh, yeah, probably. I feel. I get relatively protective about Suzuka because he's he does, as Rick said, you know the amount of stick of, uh, of that he was getting at the point when you know when Pochettino was coming out and saying he needs to you know apply himself more and blah blah blah. He he's done a remarkable job. It's so easy for professional footballers and in that type of money to be like, well, sorry, I'll go and get a move somewhere. He probably could have gone somewhere. In, I think there was Turkey Turk, uh, talks of um, of someone in Turkey coming in for him. Um, during all that period, and, and he didn't go, and and he did build himself into something that we could use. Was he being used in ideally his right position? Was there a midfield that was probably you know he's probably one of these people that needs to be built around him? And the answer that was that happening no. So well, what what is his right position? This is what I can't understand. Is that like, what what is Sissoko's right position? Well, I think he, if he pro- I feel he is a he is a box to box midfielder, but he's not a he's not a good enough box to to box midfielder for a top four team, but we're not a top four team and haven't been for two years, maybe three, really. But you need to, you need to improve. You need to buy one. I never denied that we, that we could improve on him. 
I just feel that he, the amount of donkey work he does covering fullbacks uh, when we would when we would get caught higher up the pitch, which he hasn't had to do under as, as much under Mourinho, um, particularly um, particularly it's usually mainly on one side, and he hasn't had to do that on both sides since um, Mourinho come in. So now his his the focus is a lot more on his distribution and that type of stuff. But he's he does so much work. Uh, in terms of mopping up other people's little mistakes before they become big mistakes. And it just annoys me that that never seems to get um, recognised. Do we need to improve on him? Yeah. Do I think Winks is any better? Not particularly. Um, uh, if either of them went, I would probably, yeah, I mean, just pure of age and resale value, then, then Winks is the one that needs to stay. But if we were to get two more people in and they both went, I wouldn't be upset at all. Can I just say something that's a bit extra inch here and I'm waiting for my call-up for when it when it... I say call up, it's like yeah. calling up a cap, a captain to uh, a reserved re- reserve game. But yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but um, uh, I, I think the diamond, the narrow diamond that Pochettino played, suited Sissoko perfectly because it, it, it suited his game, it suited his engine. Um, th- there wasn't an expansive game that he had to fit into. It was just do your job, clean up in midfield. There's players around you that can also do the same. And that narrow diamond suited him. Yeah, but I just, just think was. I think you're absolutely right, and because he is one of those players that needs needs more support. You know, naturally, you know, he's a he's a fantastic athlete. The amount of interceptions he makes is is ridiculous, really. I mean, he's awful offensively. He's terrible. I mean, that's that's something we can all agree on. But yeah. he, um, but there, there's no there's no stat really to measure some of the stuff that he does. Because you, you you just see it in terms of his work, in terms of his in terms of his just it's almost like um, I was going to say politeness then, but it's like constantly making sure that he's covering for as many people as he can. Sometimes does it come off? It doesn't always come off, and sometimes when it doesn't come off, it makes him look worse, particularly in a defensive um, scenario. Offensively, he manages to do that all on his own, but. Um, yeah, I just feel he gets harshly treated sometimes. He's, has he had some more praise than perhaps he's deserved at times? Yeah, but uh, I, I I feel sorry for him. But like I said, if, if a right offer comes in, I think he probably will go this year, um, and someone else will come in if, if we can if we can do it. But if he's hanging around the squad, that, that wouldn't bother me too much. Okay, uh, we're going to move on to Jan Vertonghen very soon. But we've got a great question from Simon Fraser. He says, "Would you relive the sixteen seventeen farewell Wild Lane season all over again?" If it meant that you shit your pants in while watching each game, each Rick, game, every game you shit your pants, but yeah, you got to relive it. Again. Oh God, man, that is that's a nightmare. Because you wouldn't be like back then going to each game, it all and thinking about it so fondly, it was almost like the sun was shining all the time. Mm. I was getting pissed at games all the time. It was just such a real. It was such a great time to be a Spurs fan and attending every single game. And if I was shitting my pants at every single game, um, it wouldn't feel that great, would it? It wouldn't be the, that same throwback. Yeah, it wouldn't be like, oh, today was fucking brilliant. It would be like... Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you know, like okay. in the crowd as well. You know, uh, when it's like uh, where where everyone's been loading up on pints and pies and someone drops their guts and everyone's like, Look, oh, who the fuck's done that? <laughs> blah, blah. Everyone will know it was you that did it. 
everyone. Yeah. They'd just be turning Especially around and saying, Rick, you see your pants again? And I'm like, well, see, you know. You I'm beating, aren't we? I'm beating. So. <laughs> to shit yourself 19 times in a life is pretty excessive. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, to do it in the space of, like, seven months or eight months, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure it's worth and, it. And the thing is, what, what you're not considering is that you've got to keep going back home. <laughs> like every time you go football, your missus well, is like. Well, you could just start bringing, you know, spare pants and stuff. You could make a game of it, bet on it, you know, b- between you and your mates. What minute's it going to be this time? <laughs> yeah, are you allowed Ow. to change your clothes? Oh, well, one thing I can I, I never um, got my head round um, is uh, when, when Spurs played Chelsea in the semi-final, the FA Cup, and um, you know the the toilets at Wembley were okay. But some of the doors weren't, they, they didn't have doors on, did they? The, the sit-down toilets. And you went for a sit-down wee, which isn't acceptable for any man to do. You went for a sit-down wee because Spurs were losing 4-0 or something like that. Can you explain that, please? Explain the scenario, lead up to it, what happened. Well, I've, we've been out, haven't we? We've, we've been out most of the day. I was excited. It'd been a good day. Um, and... I was a bit hyper coming into the stadium. I was bouncing on. I was on my toes coming up the steps. There was a couple of people that recognised me on the pod on the way up, asked for a selfie, which, you know, that, that gets anyone's head going. You know, so uh, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then it's like 25 minutes in, it was like, need a piss. I'm going to go now. I'm not going to wait till halftime. Uh, I'm going to go early. Uh, but it seemed that a lot of people would, had had that idea. Uh, but then... Uh, it, I don't know what it was. It was there was a little couple minute periods where I just went from really you know excitable and happy to then thinking, "Ooh, I am drunk." Um, <laughs> you know, you get that feeling, just that little wave that comes over. It's like when you've been drinking in the pub all night and you're absolutely fine, and then just on the walk home, just that air hits you and you're like, "Ooh." Um, so yeah, I, why is there a dick in my mouth? Yeah. So I walked <laughs> in, uh, and it was just there was just a lot of uh, queuing and stuff, and people were. Um, we're standing up and, and and it was just getting on my nerves and I thought, well, I like having a sit down wee. I do it at home. I'm, you know, why, why should I sacrifice my comfort and enjoyment just because of, you know, strangers who I'm never going to see again? So I turned round, uh, I wiped the seat, um, <laughs> I turned round and, and sat down and looked at them in the eye whilst what? I, you know, you're in it. <laughs> Sitting there. But, but do you remember at the start of the story, you started out with people recognising you from the podcast and, right. and, um, and and doing selfies to you unashamedly sitting down on a you know, sit-down toilet to have a wee uh, and looked looked at them with like incredul- incredulity where, where they... they, 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 they... I, 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 at one point, I thought it would, uh, uh, like a, a smattering of applause was going to come out of the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that. Um, uh, a, sm- a smattering of of applause. So it was a good. Um, uh, it was it was it was enjoyment. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. One one more question from from the people before we go on to um, before, before we go on to Jan Vertonghen. Uh T Drizzle. He says, "How do you know if you're masturbating too much, Alex?" Uh, I'm not sure there is a too much. Why is it? Why don't I get asked about like XG and stuff? Why? Why is it this stuff? Uh, you created this monster, mate. It's you. It's I, I. I haven't actually been doing it that much recently. It's not been as. Uh, I've been trying to get earlier nights. I tend to find that when you just sat up <laughs> for like long time, 
<laughs> uh, it gets to 11, half 11. That means it's been a few hours since the last one. You think, well, I'll just have a quick one before bed, uh, <laughs> before before going to sleep. Uh, and I, I almost feel like I've completed Pornhub now. So it's it's it, you're looking for harder and harder stuff, and it gets weird. It gets weary after a while. But uh, <laughs> Rick, how are you finding your um, your habits? Uh, are you maintaining them or not? Yeah, uh, it's it's difficult because obviously the lockdown and everyone's in my house all the time. So it's it's like choosing your moments. If uh, if the girls say, "Oh, like we're going to go to the to to the shop." Uh, around the corner to go and get some chocolates. Do you want anything? Um, and I'll be like, I'll, I'll try and pick a random chocolate to keep them in there, like trying to find it for that, that extra like minute or so. And then as soon as that door shuts, just scurry up the stairs like a little crab. And then, uh, and then away we go. <laughs> I, can imagine, right? I can imagine you just making up a name of a, of a chocolate. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Have the please. And they're in there. <laughs> Going around like eight shops. Oh, I really want to get Daddy a diamond bar. <laughs> Come back like two hours later to you look like you're just an emptied out balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. All right, uh, lads. I want, I want to take get get a take on uh, Jan Vertonghen. Uh, obviously, um, spent eight years at the club. Um, I think he joined when AVB was in charge. It was after Redknapp, wasn't it? And he was AVB. Uh, had- he was being signed. Redknapp left kind of in the middle of negotiations, yeah. It's one of them weird ones where I realised that the manager isn't in control of signings at all. And because uh, it, it was prolonged, it, like, like Hugo Lloris and Vertonghen, these were like prolonged, protracted uh, transfer deals that took ages. And I know this is in part down to Daniel Levy, but it, it for me, it opened my eyes to the fact that the manager isn't really involved in transfers at all or... He may be, but he has a a relative input. Uh, and and we were hoping for him to to, to sign for ages, and we, we kind of no, no one knew about him before before we bought him, unless you were you know someone like Windy or, or you know really interested in football. But uh, you know for for the common man, we hadn't really heard about him, and then um, we we were linked with him, and then we started looking on YouTube and started looking at his records, and realised that for a young man, he'd captained Ajax and scoring goals for Ajax and they loved him and you're like yeah why not let's get him in and he turned up and he was probably better than we thought certainly in the first season better than certainly levels above what Tottenham were at that time even including you know Gareth Bale it was it was Vertonghen and Gareth Bale I guess in that in that side what 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 can you remember or, or regale any any kind of uh, memories you have of that that moment when you first st- sort of saw him play, or when he first signed for Spurs, or anything like that. Alex, um, there's a couple of moments that early on that that um, struck me. I I've, I seem to remember him relative not struggling at the beginning, but but certainly wasn't you know an explosive coming in and thinking, "Blimey, this what a player we've got here." It was a, a bit of a slow burner to start with, but. Um, the Manchester United game, where he scored that deflected goal after that great run, that was something that we hadn't seen any of our type of defenders really do for a long time, of kind of being able to stride forward. And that was one moment where I thought, okay, yeah, he's he might be something um, better than, than perhaps before. And then the other one was where he scored two goals against Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, and I was at that game. We ended up losing it 3-2. Um, 
But he, he scored two goals in that game. And, and I just remember thinking, you know what, this is, this is the start of something where we've, we've never really had centre-halves that can actually affect play and score goals. He scored two goals that, that day from open play. Um, and, and that was something that really started to change with Tottenham in terms of what, um, essentially what AVB was trying to do, but obviously what Pochettino took and then, and then uh, made forward was, was to try and be more expansive and, and more players coming into the game and, and being able to, to score goals from, from different scenarios. Um, and yeah, he, he was just, you know, at his peak was, was arguably the best defender or certainly one of the top two or three defenders in, in the league and, and just and just kind of steadily kept getting better. It wasn't like breakout moments where he was suddenly just incredible. It was just a slow progress of improvement, 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 consistency, and then unfortunately, you know, started to to drop off a little bit. But you know, he mentioned in his in his kind of farewell video today. You know, there was a couple of moments. There was one uh, obviously uh, when Spurs fans sang over the national uh, the national anthem, the Champions League anthem. I think it was against against Dortmund. Uh, and you see him tapping the, the badge uh, with his hand. But I love that stuff. That's 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 all me. I love that. That was great. The Dortmund game he, he brought out himself was was just a fantastic showing, playing out of position and being able to score and just completely affected that game. A really important. What I really liked about that, just to take you up on that point now, it was the fact that he recognised he was playing out of position because from from a fan's perspective, you often think like these players just fit into mm. a machine. Uh, and the fact that he recognised that I was being asked to play out of position, left wing back, I think he played three at the back at that game, he played left wing back, and he was so dominant. He scored a goal, <clears throat> he put an incredible cross for, I think, Aurier to score, and um, he, he was superb, but it, it, it took me aback, and, and, and that's maybe my own ignorance, it took me aback for him to say that I was playing out of position and I had that great game. Well, that, like, that was That's a testament to his intelligence, his footballing intelligence, which, which personally I, I thought might have been able to prolong his career with us at, at, at centre back. I thought, you know, he's, he's obviously a very intelligent footballer, and I thought he might be able to adapt to that. But obviously, what they want to do, and, and arguably with Tanganga, and he's Mourinho's obviously got a hard on for for Dyer, then you know, so obviously those plans might have been curtailed. But um, yeah, he's just a very intelligent footballer. And then obviously the other moment he said in his video. You know, was the Chelsea game? You know, yeah. that season, and and the fact that I, I could hear him talking about it, and I knew what he was going to say before he got to that game. I knew what game he was going to say because I know he's one of those players that just gets it. And my argument I, that game for years has always been about a, an almost coming of age of where we're like, we're not going to part with this shit any longer. All right, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. And and that that argument has had been had thousands of times, sometimes between Windy and I, for example. You know, it's but. Those those games, the fact that he said that just shows how much he got it and how much yeah. he appreciated different positions from the fans. And also just in the game of football, but it was just a fantastic game to be involved in. Uh, and yeah, I loved it. That video was fantastic that they released today. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Alex, of course, is talking about the two all um, Battle of the Bridge game when uh, we, you know, we, we 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 needed to win that game. We drew two all and we left every inch of of sweat that we were going to sweat on that on that pitch and it was beautiful uh rick before i want to come to you about about fatonga and i just want to read out a tweet from pat o'toole he says legend and we were asking people to describe fatongan uh legend uh we never looked like conceding the goal in our last season at the lane with him and toby uh, I, I ironic that he that his greatest hour in the shirt was at left back in in the dortmund game he put sancho in his pocket and ran the game from the left wing 
he has enough to play. He had enough to play as a, a in a holding role. Rick, what what are your memories of him? What what, what do you, how do you feel about him? Well, I, when I, when he first came along, um, I remember that he liked to come out from back from, uh, from the back. So he used to like to maraud forward from centre back, and I was like, I've like, never seen anyone do that really. Um, and he could play a bit of ball as well. And so, I, I, you know, like everyone, I hadn't heard a lot about him at all, uh, that he came from Ajax. Uh, I think he'd captained Ajax as well, did, did really well there. But, you know, one of those players that when they come along, that they're young, but they're old. They act old. They, he was always uh, calm, professional. Mm. Um, he didn't, it didn't seem like anything phased him. He knew on the pitch, uh, like when to kind of, um, if someone was trying to give him the needle or anything like that, not to kind of rise to it and stuff. Um, and he just played, you know, when people are captains, but they're not a captain, he yeah. he just embodied everything of what a professional football player um, should act and how they should be. And the, the fact that he was with us for eight years in this uh, modern era of football where a lot of people change clubs and stuff like that. It, it's a, it's a, an amazing achievement. I, I, I'm a little bit, there's a little bit of me that, you know, I have huge respect uh, for Vertonghen. I thought, uh, I think he's been, he's definitely one of the best defenders that I've seen for Spurs. Um, I, I'm a little bit sad for him that we, we didn't win anything for him. Um, and there's a few players like that, that uh, at Spurs, but um I just, I, I, I honestly didn't think he was going to leave. I don't know why. I just, I just thought that there would be an extra year contract or two year and management at the end. Or I don't know. I just because there wasn't much of a fanfare at the end of the season, or you know him coming on as a sub. And I know um, uh, people say, well, there's no point. There's no fans. There's no. You know, there, there, there were other sentiments that you could give to a player playing their last game in the, in the club colours and stuff. Um, and like, like like we mentioned earlier about him tapping the badge and stuff like that, you know, uh, I don't know. I just feel like maybe he was robbed of that a little bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess he was robbed of that because of the stuff that's going on around the world. I mean, I... I'm not. I mean, I, I, maybe you're alluding to the fact that Mourinho didn't put him on. Or... Yeah, yeah, he didn't put him on. That's bit... yeah, but there, but but there's no, nothing there. Like if you remove the sound effects, it's just an empty stadium, it's just a training game. It's not necessarily. I don't think it matters really much, that much if it was at home. It, you know, in the, in the game against Leicester. You it know, might it, been, it might have been a mark of respect not to put him on. You know, is is it a mark of respect not to bring him on just for the sake of it of thirty seconds? You know, it's it's. I don't know. Who, who knows? He may he might have even been asked that question. You know, look, if the situation comes, do you just want to get on the pit? I mean, who knows? We don't know. But um, go go out in style. Get him on slide tackle, red card. As he's coming up, spit at everyone. Yeah, yeah. Say, but that slide, that slide tackle, another moment that just that I'll always remember is is the is blocking the rebound um, from Aubameyang. Uh, the yes, penalty, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So there's a penalty. They, they were going to go two one up, weren't they? Uh, got, the, the... I walked out, as soon as that penalty was given, I walked out, um, and I was already almost out of the the stadium. And I just heard the roar, and I come sprinting back in, uh, mm. and just saw them him make the block. Um, 
before before it went over and i had to run past bardi to get back in and he's never let me it was incredible incredible block as well an absolutely incredible one one magical moment that i just want to say to to finish on with the the kind of uh this his final season the the goal he scored against wolves um Mm. up at molyneux i haven't celebrated like that in i don't know when it made me feel so good um and i'm so glad that that he got it and that's kind of like one of his uh parting gifts for us if he hadn't scored that goal we wouldn't have qualified for europa league there you go i think uh we've got a couple sorry a couple more statements can i just say the one last thing about about batongan is 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 the type of goals he scored as well i reckon if you look through a few quite a lot of the best centre-backs in in premier league history i bet i don't think many will have scored the type of goals that he has scored some of them with real like panache, like that one at Swansea after Gareth Bale's through ball and just plucking out, yeah, sec- you know, all in in two touches. I don't think there's many centre backs around that could do that. He scored a volley on the bounce on his weak foot against United, I think it was as well. So, and and he, in his first season where he beat four or five United players at Old Trafford, and and you know he's fortuitous in the finish, but he hit the ball on his weak foot to you know it, it took a deflection and went past De Gea, I think it was. Where do you think um, he's going to go? I'm going to say he's going to be a. I. 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 Ajax, management calls him massively. And I, I'll say now, on record, Jan Vertonga manages Tottenham Hotspur one day. Oh, bloody hell. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's come out of nowhere. That'll be the ultimate I told you, though. This is That's what like, I do now. It's like my favourite thing to do. It's like an orgy full of women and the dick turns up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can I read some of these, uh, these comments out? Yeah, go uh, for it. Um, Corey uh, Schwenker <laughs> he says uh, never had to worry about Jan uh, he was going to be in the lineup and was always going to perform always more than solid in that position he was a staple a security blanket I miss not having to worry about our back line because of him uh, Jamie Robbins says my favourite player for a uh, play, favourite player of ours for a long time wearing a Spurs shirt with his name on the back to play football has resulted in being called Yan by some of the regulars. Uh, Fit Dad UK says, matured like a fine wine, went from being a grumpy, I'm too good for this, for these lot under AVB, to being one of the best centre-backs in the league and an amazing model professional. A delight to witness him and Toby in their prime. Go well, super Yan. Uh, Pete Judge says, perfect potch centre-back, incredible mentality and incredible talent one of the best we've had and one of the key players who helped take us to the next level. He may be lost in the history books of younger players without a trophy, but but anyone who saw him will remember his excellence. This is all lovely stuff, isn't it? Mm. Uh, One more. uh, LRB says, love him. Love his time for us. Shame uh, we never won a trophy with him. The two games versus Dortmund last season uh, were two of the very best performances you'd like, like to see from a player, let alone... Uh, back to back is there any issue Alex do you think that you know his time at Spurs didn't result in a trophy of any kind do you do you look back and does that sully his reputation at Tottenham do we look back at him as a great player who never delivered you know is it even important that we didn't win under him uh no but I think it, uh, it'd be a disappointment for him. You know, he's coming. He came from a place where winning trophies was a, was a fairly regular thing. Um, there's going to be a hell of a lot of players that leave us, or, or will look back on that time and have that feeling about because because we didn't manage to get over the line. You know, during those 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 peak times. 
um, you can't you can't let that stuff sully what what you watched as a live you know as a fan whether it's on telly but particularly in the stadium you know you you're spending time out of your life to watch these these players do stuff and and if they do something that makes you happy or feel joy or just absolute elation at times like Rick said with that Wolves goal then then remember those times and, and appreciate them and 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 enjoy them for what they were you know rather than look at it going well it doesn't really matter does it because he didn't win a Carlin Cup Gile Sherwood he says I remember thinking he was a bit of a minge during the AVB <laughs> Sherwood period how wrong our best uh, Premier League centre-back alongside Toby and Ledley he will leave as a legend Ricky, how do you rank Vertonghen up against Alderweireld and Ledley King? Bloody hell! I mean, like I'm not—I won't be able to pick one above the other. But they're, they're try. All, I'm gonna try. No, I can't do it. Like, well, rank them one, one to it, three. One it, to three. No, no, it's it's like uh, saying I'll pick your favourite child. Um, yeah, you can. You've got one that's favourite, definitely. <laughs> We all can. Come on, stop being silly. <laughs> no, um, I, I think probably because uh, for the time that Vertonghen's uh, been at Tottenham, um, I, I think I'd probably, for uh, affection reasons, have him over Toby than not over Ledley. So I'd probably go Le- Ledley, Vertonghen, Toby. Uh, what, what, how would you rank them if you had to? In terms of uh, who, who, the better, the better centre backs. Who, who is who is the best centre back to the worst centre back? I think to, out of those, I think, uh, the the best Toby Alderweireld is 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 the best out of the three as a, as a centre half. Um, oh, no, not as a centre forward. I meant centre half. Yeah, but Ledley Ledley could play different positions. You know, he he played in midfield for England a couple of times very well. You know, there was more there was more stuff about him. Uh, I would I would I would have. Pete Tobit at the best end, Ledley, then, then Vertonghen. But, you know, you met one of the tweets earlier that you got talked about just not having to worry about that back line. And, mm. you know, those three, no matter what area you're in, you're always, you know, if you saw their name on the team sheet, it was like, all right, don't need to worry about that. What's next? Uh, and which is a which is a massive thing to have, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, because what's happened what's happened at Arsenal right now is that they don't have a centre back they can rely on. Where we we've had for for six seven years, we've had out of Erold and Vertonghen. We can. I think you can underappreciate how much of a challenge that's going to be to re- to replace that because you know we've sure. got one more year of out of Erold. Dyer, I I I don't know what photographs Eric Dyer has of of of, of the board, uh, but <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, and then Tanganga, you know, Tanganga might turn into to something very special, but he's but he's young, you know. So I. I worry about having to have that feeling again. I used to, you know, what I call the Anthony Gardeners. That, that that's what I used to. That's what I used to think. I was like, oh, he's giving me the Gardeners because I, I even though I, I actually quite liked Anthony Gardner, he terrified the shit out of me. Um, uh, and it's it's going to be a big deal to make to get back to a place where we've got two proper centre halves. If it was up to me, I'd have you know, Alderweireld and Sanchez, and uh, that's about as close as we'll get to have that feeling. I think for a little while. I think we'll we'll end the podcast on a final comment by Ian McKenzie, who does the Dog Days after, uh, Dog Days podcast, and he was the best centre back we've ever had, absolute club legend, 
he will be sorely missed and I hope to see him back in some capacity one day so he so he can deservedly lead uh, lift a trans uh, fucking trophy at Tottenham. Um, are we finishing? Uh, we've done like fifty three minutes. It's excessive. What? Well, what, what else do you want to talk about? I, I mean, we. I tell you what we're going to do, Alex. Is um, it, it's been nine years almost to the day since the fighting got started. Mm. So what we're going to do towards the end of next week is do a uh, a remembrance. It was a remembrance would suggest that we're dead, but a what, what would you call An it? Anniversary. An anniversary podcast. I don't think we... it really got going though till series three. I think if we're honest, uh... Alex, you're over. You've gone from literally looking around with wide eyes at all of us and going, "I can't believe I'm here" to taking the piss out of us. Yeah, that, it, it makes. I'm I'm essentially the Harry Kane of this podcast. Like I just came from nowhere. Everyone's saying he'll never make it. Look at the state of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play. All right, um, yeah. So we're going to do a uh, a um, obviously special, but we're going to do a podcast about the uh, the last nine years of us doing this. Um, we're going to have a number of us on talking about our memories. Uh, why we think I don't know. This sounds terrible. I don't know if people want to listen to it, but I, I, I think like it's something we could do. Is put out questions. Uh, if... Surprise guests who you'd never expect to hear from. That's what that's what you need. For the for the hardcores that have been here since day one, like Jimmy listen, Savile, Hope Solo. <laughs> yeah, that that would be uh, that be. Just Jimmy Savile and Hope Solo. Get on and Zoom. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> Hope, can I? Um, I'm just going to play you something. I want your immediate reaction. <laughs> yeah, one of one of our darker darker days. We can talk about it. Actually, if people are interested, we can talk about it on the on the. Uh, the nine-year anniversary fighting cop podcast. Uh, like, like you know, any, any questions you have, just have a little look out for our uh, our tweet asking for questions because uh, nothing will go unanswered. We're not ashamed of answering anything, even the, our very darkest days. That you know, some of the episodes have been deleted, but we're still not ashamed to talk about it, especially Rick. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, I want to thank you, Alex and uh, Rick, and I want to thank everybody who's listened to the podcast this this year because it's it's. It's, it's, it's fine and good listening to a podcast when Spurs are great. It's easy. So it's easy reading articles about Tottenham. It's easy watching Match of the Day when we're smashing teams 4-0, 5-0. What it ain't easy doing is giving an hour of your life listening to a podcast uh, where we talk about how bad Tottenham are. And um, somehow, weirdly, in a season that's... and a year that's been full of ups and downs, we find ourselves on the brink of... Mid-table me- mediocrity, probably. Winning the Europa League. We won- yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? All right. Cheers, Al. Yo. Cheers, Bye. Ricky. Bye. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll speak next week. Sweet. Peace. Bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, my day job as a firefighter is tough, but my night job as a social media manager, my Persian cat Jinxie, that's intense. It's 8 p.m., I've finally gotten home from another 24-hour shift, and I just want to kick back with a cold one, but old Jinxie knocks my beer right off the counter and gives me that look that says, no drinking on the clock. But Heineken Zero Zero keeps us both happy. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I get my drink, and I can still work on Jinxie's new line of merch. Heineken Zero Zero. 0.0% alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. In the wee hours of the night, when everyone else is fast asleep, you're the one on third shift, burning the midnight oil. When a part fails and everything comes to a grinding halt, Regardless of what the clock on the wall says, you leap into action. Granger is with you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support by phone or click to chat. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.